Welcome back to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture podcast, a pop culture film cast for our top 10 movies of 2022, wrapping up Listomania, wrapping up another great year in cinema. Welcome. We've made it. We are here. My name's Ernest. I am the Bob to Ernie's Steve to Drew's Kevin. Uh, my number one is Minions Rise of Gru, and my name is Hunter. Cucagabana. Okay. Papaya. Beto Papaya. I thought you were talking about like the, the characters in like King of Queens or something. I, yeah, I didn't know where <laughs> you were going with that. I'm Kevin Smith. Like Bob, Bobby Z, Robert Zemeckis? Uh, you know, my, my annoying wife. Oh, my wife, now she wants me to clean the dishes. Is he, does he say that? <laughs> he does. Is that a quote from Minions Rise of Gru? <laughs> It was both. Remember the crossover that happened? Remember the Minions episode of King of Queens? And I am Minions, The Rise of Drew. Man, why? See, if we would have done a full length episode, you could have busted out. If I didn't bust it out, then it would have been much more. If if I didn't leave the theater halfway through that movie. Oh, my God. That's right. Drew, don't worry. Gentle Minions. I will tell you how it ends when we get to it on my list. Okay. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Well, shout out to SeltzerCast where you did give the the detailed, I guess the full deep dive story yeah. of your movie going experience. Yeah, I don't need our to episode. Uh, regurgitate that whole thing because crazy enough, it was this exact same experience as whenever I saw women talking this year. <laughs> what? Because there were women talking? The gentle women talking. At the theater? <laughs> yeah. They would let you listen to the sounds of... Yeah, no, I started to say something that was like... Mm-hmm. Not here. What is the Not isn't here. there a Simon and Garfunkel song that they do in like Minion speak? Mami ya mama ya waya papa ya mama ya banana. So we have an episode coming up in a couple weeks. It's like a my episode because oh of how God. dominant of a performance I had in the Fantasy Film League last year. And I'm starting to veer that we should do the entire episode as Minions. Oh, we can only speak. We can only speak, speak Minionese. Minionese. Can someone be uh, Gru? Yeah. Hello, Minion, my old friend. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right. All right. You are wearing overalls again. Oh, okay. Incredible. All right. That's good. That's good. Incredible. I had a whole phase this year where I would just sing uh, sing songs as Gru and sing them about <laughs> Minions, but I didn't know much about the Minions. <laughs> You're like, I uh, yellow. At what yellow point followers. did you decide that you needed to ev- evacuate the theater? Um, We were probably almost halfway through and we had hardly gotten into the plot because it starts with all this like random superhero bullshit. And... Greatest superhero film the, ever made, yes. Of course. The the, um. the zoomers uh to each side of us had also fallen asleep because I think they were <laughs> they were like really drunk. They were zonked out. And we were in the back row and my girlfriend fell asleep and I was like, I think I get it. <laughs> you see, you just didn't see it with the right crowd. I we're gonna talk about our best theatrical movie experiences this year because transition this was a big year for the return to movies movies are back baby movies are back movies are hitting thanks to our lord and savior tom cruise uh our lord and savior big jim mm-hmm. movies are back and minions are black adam yeah i of course the hierarchy of power hierarchy of power yes that did change um 
but yeah, no, I think that uh, despite all that, Minions Rise of Guru is my best theatrical experience of the year. So, and that's it. I'm not shout out to a future episode that we'll be doing next week called the Wabamis, our award show, where we will actually have an actual category uh, for best theatrical experiences. Today, we're counting down our top 10 movies of 2022. And man, what a year it's been. Just before we started recording, we were kind of reminiscing on on past years because we've been doing this podcast for a couple of years now. And, you know, we have a, a solid frame of reference of past top tens that we've done. And every year it seems like, man, what a great year. What a great year of movies. You know, it's like you look back. And so I think like making this list this year, not only is it... um pretty clear that it's probably the best year since 2019 obviously just because of the pandemic and the impact that it had on on hollywood um but also i i think that you know i'm curious to see how much overlap there's going to be because it's pretty pretty top heavy year like kind of an undisputed like sort of top tier this year um and, we, you know, you don't always get that. You don't always get as many kind of almost instant classics every year as we got this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, 100 percent. I this was probably since we've been doing this podcast, the toughest year for me to finalize a top 10. Oh, yeah. And there's been <laughs> better too. years like 2017, 2019 are better movie years than this. But my eight through 14, I changed so much. I made changes like an hour before recording Same. here like that. I just could not finalize my list because I would like be like, cool, I'm happy with my list. I'm ready to go with locking these items in here. And then I would just like think about what I put at number 11. And I'm like, fuck, I can't leave that <laughs> off the top 10. So we're going to get into it. Um, I tried to really go for my heart this year. So yeah. there are kind of some, some movies that are maybe they're masterpieces and like the true classic sense of the term, but they're masterpieces for us. There's some movies that came out. there very much in our wheelhouse this yeah. year that we are going to talk about that. I know are going to be on our wee, list here. Wee, wee, wee. Um, yeah. Whoa. Michael Bay released a film and it was shot with drones. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I'm excited to get into this year because there's a lot, a lot of good shit. Yeah. I, I totally echo. Um, what you're saying just because I just kind of had to abandon any further edits because I was just going to keep tweaking forever. I just got to a point where it's just like I have a very kind of locked in top four, like any yeah. one of those could be number one and then five through like probably 15 are all just movies that I love. And I just had to settle on like which ones <laughs> are right. at that 10 cut cutoff and which ones are not. And, you know. Whatever. I love all of them. At a certain point, the order just it doesn't even matter. I I, I can't even say that this is such a strong year that I can't even say that, like, I love number six more than number eight. I just love all of them. And I'm so excited to talk well, that, about that them. Just, that root defeats the purpose of the entire. episode. So instead of doing a list, <laughs> so we should just we should just say movie names. We should just say movie titles and then piece and then leave and we'll keep this under four yeah. and a half hours um i want to get get it out of the way i want the elf in the room i didn't there's some movies i didn't see <laughs> i didn't i didn't get to babylon no <laughs> did not 
quote unquote get to Avatar because um, I didn't quote unquote get to Avatar one. <laughs> Okay. You did not make the right. the six year cryo trip to Pandora. Couldn't end back. Couldn't. Uh, apparently, an unessential viewing that I missed out on was the new Puss in Boots movie. Did mm-hmm. you guys yeah. catch it? I I kind of had to just uh, have that one on in the background a little bit in my <laughs> FYC cramming. I mean, the reviews are out of this yeah. world. Yeah, Ernest. I I, I want to see it. I they're like they're outrageously good. Like like top ten of the year. Good. Um, just numerically speaking, um, there, there are a fair amount of others, but I just, I wanted to get the tough ones out of the way. Nothing Marvel didn't see Elvis. Uh, and then you didn't see on one of those. You didn't see Thor love and thunder. You didn't see, did you see the whale? I just need to know that you saw the new Aronofsky film. Drew. Did you see Bardo? I didn't want to false chronicle of a handful of truths. I'm glad that people are realizing finally that the way that we're treating Brendan Fraser is borderline weird. At it's this point. bizarre. It's it's yeah. as if he's like, <laughs> like disabled. <laughs> no, or no, we, we talk about him in the way that we talked about like Alex Smith last year, like returning <laughs> where it's just like he like both of his legs uh, went the opposite direction. So yeah. It's like, Oh, he's doing so good out there. Well, like, I mean, you haven't we have even baby you haven't even seen the whale. Um, not gonna. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he's good in the movie, but like to have that role be like the return of Brendan Fraser. Well, it's, it's I mean, like oh, but so I I'm sure he doesn't regret it. He's it's you know he's he's being very buzzed about. Yeah, we might talk about this more in the future about like how we actually did our FYC ballots this year and everything else. Uh, Shout out Critics to Association. CACF. Yeah. Critics Association of Central Florida. Uh, a big reason why I wasn't in a state of insane cramming. The <laughs> no, past... my cramming just moved up three weeks. Right. I still did all the cramming. It was, an, it just in, was a month in December. Earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it was the same thing, but just moved up a little bit. But easier. usually, you know, usually like before this best of episode, it's just like a mad rush to try to see as many movies as possible mm-hmm. this year because, you know, we joined this critics group. We got to see a lot of things early. And I also feel like there's still a lot of movies that I haven't seen. And I'm just like, you know what? I'll get to them later. I'm yeah. happy with my list. I don't want to fuck it up. I have a thin I, DVD case. There's... <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple major blind spites that I am ashamed that I missed. We might talk about one or two of them today, but for the most part, I'm happy with my list. No, but what I was going to say about the critics thing about uh, whenever I was making my ballot this year, I decided, and we'll see if this carries over on multiple years, but I thought there was a lot of great performances in different movies. Um, if I just straight up hated a movie, I'm not giving you any awards. I don't care if you give a great performance in a dog shit movie. Like, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Like, there's just other lead actor performances that I enjoyed watching more because I enjoyed the movie more. Mm-hmm. Like Elvis. <laughs> Mama. 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 I, I've been really I've been really trying to work on my Elvis. It, that's, it's, that's pretty good. <laughs> it sounds it sounds it borderlines on Johnny Bravo sometimes, but <laughs> Mama, that's what that's what Johnny Bravo is. <laughs> I think I think you gotta slow it down a little bit. Mama, I I just won't say mama. We can't do this. We can't do all Elvis voice. I can't stop from myself. now until the Oscars. I, just, uh, I keep just like getting up behind Gaia's ear, like sneaking up behind her and just mama. Going, mama. <laughs> she loves it. It's great. So before we start, what was the worst movie everyone watched this year? 
Okay. Uh, do you want? Okay, this so was, we want to do dishonorables now. This right was a uh, a tough. Um, I mean, to me, it's like far and away Black Adam. Like, I just that was the one movie. <laughs> Jokes on you! You watched it. That <laughs> sitting in the theater made me like rethink all my life choices. <laughs> I I actively like considered like quitting the podcast, like ending ever wanting to like pursue a love for cinema it just made me like question everything i just started to like fully spiral in the middle of that movie and i just i thought that there was no way out um so probably that one yeah <laughs> um i see i there were a few movies that i turned off uh this year because they were going really poorly uh including spider head yeah that's that's uh that's in my well, worst um, five. That, yeah. yeah, movie number one that that may not exist that I I watched like a half hour of and I was yeah. like, I, you know, it's I okay. I think it should be illegal to have that cool of a movie title name with that boring of a movie. Well, and, and that cool of a cast and that good of a director. Yeah, it was supposed to be called Escape from Spiderhead, which, which is, is even cooler. That's so cool of a name, and then it's just like a boring all shot yeah. mostly in one room <laughs> it looks like a montage yeah it, it was that movie was a pain um, in the fucking ass. The, so i didn't watch any horrible movies i would say probably the worst movie i watched was the good nurse I'm so I, that's not yeah. gonna be making the list was that come out hey, like 12 eddie redmayne might get nominated for an oscar that's what's funny is insane is i would be fine with that because he's phenomenal okay. in this movie I, it's the first time i've ever liked him like mm. in a, in a role before um, because he's playing someone creepy and unlikable, and uh, that's what he is. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, he d he genuinely does a great job. But the problem with Oscar bait movies is when they don't work, it feels kind of like you're watching like nothing. Yeah. Um, it's not like you the still most drab bland. Yeah, it's not like you still get the theatrics of budget or yeah. like your effects. So you're just left with a lot of nothing. And there's a there are a lot of nothing shout, in that movie. Shout out to all the failed Oscar bait this year. Like Ooh. we should do like an in memoriam segment <laughs> for like Empire of Light. We should the Sun <laughs> Bardo. I I'm still I'm like not ready for Bardo to die yet. I mean, we're talking about worst <laughs> movies of the year. I definitely saw movies that are worse than Bardo, but Bardo made me angrier than any other movie I've seen this year. Bardo and The Whale both caused me to say like, fuck this movie. Fuck these directors. I think that they should stop. I think that they should get a job as like an assistant manager of a Walmart uh, and stop <laughs> making movies. No offense to the Walmart managers out there. I'm sure that you guys are doing great work, but... Uh, you would shop at a Walmart managed by Alejandro <laughs> Gonzalez in your Actually, no, that sounds chaotic. What would be worse would be a uh, Walmart managed by Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, that would, that, oh that, would, that, would be, <laughs> that would be the it worst. Would, it would be a Walmart, but like, have you guys ever been to All a Dollar Tree before where it's just like everything is just completely like <laughs> disheveled and everywhere, like yeah. a Dollar Tree on Black Friday? There's a cross um, on the wall, but it's not Jesus. It's like <laughs> ugly Sonic. It's the smiley face, I, the Walmart smiley face. <laughs> I kill myself. Um, quickly, a couple other movies that just sucked. Uh, Halloween ends. Yes. I'm so sorry, Colin. The movie's dog shit. It's the movie's so, so bad. It's borderline like unwatchable bad. It's so bad. Um, it's terrible. Shockingly bad. Sorry, Colin. Um, and then we can't forget Dr. Michael Morbius came out this year, guys. And honestly, if we're talking about just like fun, bad movies, that is a parabola. Theory That's movie. one I really want to see. Honestly, it was a lot of fun. I had a great time in the theater seeing it with Gaia. We had a couple drinks before we went and we were feeling loosey goosey. It looks like shit. It feels bad. <laughs> um, a bad time. <laughs> uh, the only movie I walked out of this year was Jurassic World Dominion, mm, which so that is why that is my worst movie of the year. 
Uh, it's bad, and also it's just boring. Yeah, just really boring. Um, yeah. Wah, 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 wah. Shout out to Blonde Daddy. Also I, terrible. Man, movie. Your favorite pro life movie, <laughs> Daddy. Just Mama, that's, that's Mama and Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> Half the script. Anna de Armas, who may be nominated for an Academy Award next week, have her script is Daddy. Really? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I love that. That sounds like it's really uh, setting women forward. Um, All right. So uh, enough about the <laughs> not best movies of the year. Uh, you're here for the best, the top, the tippity favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Drew, you're here. Migraine's gone. Why don't you start us off with number 10? If there is any overlap, we will save the discussion for who has it the highest. Here we go. I went with my heart this entire list. Um, my number 10 is Barbarian. Fuck. Whoa! Yes. Yes, Drew. I'm, this is part of the movies that like it could have been my top 10. I'm so glad that you I, have this on here. I'm going to clap right now because in the spirit of you putting Tenet on your list, in the spirit of you putting Malignant on your list like here here we are okay, like this is trying a better to movie be than fucking tenet come on okay that's another get, podcast get out of here get, okay hold on i'm trying <laughs> to put praise on drew here drew or hunter and i you know we 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 get sucked into like the prestige you're yeah. bullshit you're the you're the liberal media uh-huh. right we're the uh-huh. i'm info wars <laughs> Yeah, I'm this, coming out with cold hard facts. This movie fucking rocks. It, yeah. it's it metal. It fucking owns. Um, it is front to back, it, insanely captivating. It has your ass the entire time. Uh, even if you're not enthralled by the direction that the movie takes, because it takes a hard left turn. Um, I a I was insanely enthralled by it. I think that. I may I don't know if I put this on Letterboxd, but I I think that a lot of movies uh, halfway through need to become about Justin Long. Yeah, I, uh, the greatest <laughs> hard cut like I've seen in movies in memory. It's, it's just it's insane. It's so good. It it's <laughs> fucking awesome. It com- that that has like a surprisingly high hit rate. Just making your movie a, not entirely about something else, but hard cutting and just starting a new story like yeah. midway through. That works Especially a lot. what happens directly before that cut. Yes. Like the most like gory, violent shit. And really scary. Like it is, it's effective. It is, that movie, I mean, it's fucking terrible. That first half of the movie is just like edge of your seat, like very traditional good horror. Yeah. Like it's just like a very normal good horror movie. And then it becomes a uh, comedy horror camp, I guess. Uh, sort of hilarious. Yeah, like extremely funny. Um, I mean, it's you know, it's it's written and co-written and directed by a whitest kids you know guy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, rest in peace, Trevor Moore, who died last year. Uh, continuing the tradition of like comedy guys who go on to just make great horror. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. overlap is is there. It is. It is really, really great horror. It it surprised me at every turn, whether or not like. I, I agreed with every choice the movie made. I'm glad that it made choices. I'm glad that it decided to eschew uh, the idea of explaining everything and just sort of be like, yeah, no, th- things are just sort of this way. So let's let's do some more plot. Okay. So this <laughs> it's, it's like 
it does just straight up become a comedy in that section for like 20 minutes yeah. whenever he's first see Justin Long. He's like measuring him, the him murder measuring and just being like, oh my God, like Square looking up like, footage. can I claim unfinished, unfinished basement Amazing. as part of the square footage? Justin Long, I've always, so good. I've always really loved Justin Long. I think that there is like a silent majority that just like, yeah. Is like yeah. yeah, Justin Long. You're just like, dude, you know, it's a good movie. Accepted. Mm-hmm. Perfect role for him. Just like a shitty guy. Yeah. He's a good douchebag. He's also in the past been a really good like likable normal guy dodgeball mm-hmm. um the uh he's just not that into you like mm-hmm. he, he's he's versatile while also still always being justin long like when you see yeah. him in a movie uh i love him i love the movie I, it's, it rocks it's super solid it has a a good amount of misdirection um and it i mean more importantly than anything it all it feels like an auteur project. It is it is directed by its writer and you can feel that. It's it's super tight. Like yeah. it's just yeah, it's worth watching. It's quick. Uh it's effective. It's an effective movie. I love it. It's it's a great movie watching experience. And and this is a shoe-in for the Wabami next week of best movie going experience. Cause really? in the theater, you you probably saw this on HBO Max, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in the theater, this movie. Normally, I would get pissed off at people talking during movies and be like completely taken out of it. This movie, for some reason, if people that my theater was very vocal, very, uh, but they weren't like having side conversations with each other. They were watching the movie. They were reacting to the movie. That's the best kind of uh, horror movie. And there were guys, there were guys that like had a comment every everything every they had a comment for everything and at a certain point i was just like fuck it dude just just say your shit because this is just that kind of movie yeah, exactly. where i'm yeah. not gonna the get first, mad. the first 45 minutes that's perfect because you're just going like stop stop <laughs> no do not why are you, yeah, you going see in scars garden you're like turn the fuck around yeah. but get out of there look at that man's sunken eyes and then yeah, and the, uh, way, the directions that that movie goes is just in, incredible. Yeah. Then uh, Lee and I went to Bahama Breeze afterwards oh. and talked about the movie for like an hour. Like she had a lot of takes that I didn't. Positive. Yeah. Okay. She loved the movie. It was one of her favorites of the year. Nice. Um, um, another another thing I want to shout out is this movie uh, starts with the exact same premise as Katie Holmes's movie that she released last year. Uh, Katie Holmes is still working. Katie Holmes directed and starred in a romantic comedy that is about uh, a man in a young man and a young woman uh, accidentally each booking the same Airbnb. And her movie, it becomes a rom-com where they like, you know, fall in love. Interesting. Um, A little bit different in this movie. And this movie did a little bit. It's such a a great premise. Yeah. It's handled so Mm -hmm. well. Um, Okay. That's awesome. That's Barbarian. Um, Love it. There's a, it, it, the movie has a lot of great underlying themes, you know, about kind of like gentrification and the rot of like suburbia. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It, it, and it's not just like horror. Yeah. You know? and, and misogyny. Yeah. And yes. like just general, like the cancel culture thing. Because you do see a point where there's like at least one moment where you're like you know, what is actually, what did happen with Justin Long? Like what was it just Mr. And he's like, yeah, like Whenever he gets drunk and he's talking to his friends about it, you're like, oh, yeah, you do suck. Yeah, yeah you're, I you're a raper. Yeah. Um, the, the Katie Holmes movie is called Alone Together. I can't believe you didn't see this, Ernie. I posted Wait, is it. that based off of the Fall Out Boy song from Folia Do Alone Together? <laughs> no. It's um, 
the trailer for it is hilarious. It's her and Jim Sturgis. Oh, nice. 2022 Yo. Jim Sturgis. Yeah. How's so he this, looking these look, days? He looks movie, like a different guy. Is this just like a movie from like 2009 that just got like sent through time? Yeah, where it's literally just like, well, I don't know. I mean, I, oh, I don't have anyone wow. else to stay. Written and directed by Katie Holmes. Wow. That's not I what I was expecting Jim Sturgis to look like these days. It's her a Star is Born. Amazing. Wow. Um, all right. That's Barbarian. That's Drew's number 10. Uh, Dirty Titty. Shout out. Love the dirty titty. Should we go to you, Hunter? Should we do this counterclockwise, clockwise? How should we do this? I how have we been doing it this whole time? I don't remember. Go to let's go to Hunter. Okay, okay. I'll, counterclockwise I'll it this way. My number ten. I have a feeling we're gonna have to wait on. My number ten is Glass Onion: Colon a Knives Out story. Thank God this made it. This was such a hard cut a for me. Mystery, excuse me. This did not make my list. Either. Oh, okay. Thank shocking. God, dude. I literally had this off of my list until like an hour before we got here oh it's, my it's, just, it's my number 11 i oh. i had kept flip-flopping it with my number 11 i'm so glad that i put this on here then thank now that they the this lord here. yeah we don't um, share our list before so it's it's all a surprise this this was on my list since we saw it because we got to see the press screening mm-hmm. and we were glowing yeah we oh i remember loved the fuck out of this movie coming out of that screening and it it broke my heart to cut it out of yeah. my list. I loved it so much. So I I rewatched it like a couple days ago. Just it's on Netflix for this right now. It was on Netflix. It was just nice. Threw it on. Um, I will say that there was something special about seeing this in a movie theater, that this is such yeah. a movie theater movie. And I fucking hate I know that it's on Netflix and there's so many goddamn Easter eggs in here that it does invite the Netflix rewatchability to it. Um but there's just something special about seeing it in a movie theater for that first time. Uh, put Benoit Blanc in every movie. That's my, I put Benoit Blanc in Barbarian, put Benoit Blanc in Tar, put Benoit Blanc in everything. And he enhances the project is my theory on what we should do yeah. with this. Daniel Craig in this movie, like what he is doing, he is operating on another level that I didn't think that he had even after the first Knives Out. Like, I think that this is a bigger win for him than the first Knives Out. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, overall, I think coming out of it, we were like riding the high and I was like, Glass Onion is better than the first Knives Out. This is masterpiece. It's this funnier. It's very different. Zany. Um, I think the first Knives Out is definitely a lot cleaner of a movie. This is juggling so many different things. It's like throwing, it has, It's throwing so much at you. But the genius of Ryan Johnson is that he fucking lands the plane is that yeah. he still somehow he throws all these balls up into the up in the air and then finds a way to thread the needle and make everything work. Um, this is my pick for best ensemble of the year or no, I think I, I have it one won, movie. It won our it. critics. Group. Um, it did. It won the critics group. I had think I had this at number two. Just the cast is unfucking believable in this movie. Uh, Ed Norton. Yeah, is incredible in this thing. Janelle Monet was my favorite uh, supporting performance this year. Uh, she rocks. Yeah, no, I I fucking love this movie. It's great. What What did you think of this room? Um, yeah, it's it's really really great. Um, humor wise, especially, it's definitely a lot more broad than the first one. The characters are very broad. They are much more. You know, they're they're painted with a broad stroke. They are generalizations. Um, archetypes yeah because yeah because the movie as a lot of whodunits do it's, yeah it's and, the agatha christie and, and the movie is you know because it's not just taking place like in in a little house like you don't have as much time to like you know like get into like nuances of who these people are that's all fine and good 
Um, it's there are a lot of jokes that landed insanely well with me. There are some that didn't um, love the ensemble, like incredible ensemble. Um, I agree with you. I think this this movie is a way bigger flex for uh, Mr. Benoit. I think he gay, which is cool. Yeah, with um, our boy Hugh Hugh Grant. We should do incredible sh- part. The next too. one should be it's- sort of like uh, like taken, and they take Hugh Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I think I love that. No, I I think someone pitched this on Twitter that like he's gonna go on vacation with Hugh Grant, and like Hugh Grant is like you you promise you won't solve any mysteries while we're on vacation, right? <laughs> like we're gonna have a good time together, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, of, co- of course, of course, of course. <laughs> I shout out to the best Zoom chat that you can possibly imagine. Yeah, Kareem. Uh, Stephen Sondheim, yeah, um, Angela Lansbury, Angela Lansbury, R.I.P. and Natasha Leon, yeah, incredible. The the pandemicy nature of it is a little weird, isn't it? It's it's fascinating because they could have like just not it's talked about the pandemic. Well, in it, but it's they a consciously choice. made the decision it, yeah. to make it a pandemic movie, and it also like, I mean, it it was you know it's been sitting on the shelf for a minute. Or? Well, it was it was made during the pandemic. Yeah, like, exactly. That's the thing is like so, they made it in the heat of it. So it almost, you know, you, it's it's something you clock while you're watching it. You're just sort of like, huh. Um I, I don't know. I don't I didn't take it as like a pure positive. I'll tell you that much. Um I I liked how the whole notion of this story are these people are rich as fuck. They're they're orbiting like one of the wealthiest people on the planet and of course, like the pandemic is going to be around, but it's not going to be something that's really going to impact their lives. Like the pandemic didn't impact well, the wealthy class. Also, to to offset the 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 pandemic thing being a little bit stale, um, it had it has a lot of prescience in the form of like making fun of a musky type guy. Oh yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Like it, yeah, it, it was it was ahead of the eight ball on that. Not that it's not that it was like particularly hard to I- identify Musk as a moron, but like holy smokes. I mean, there's well, the, what, the, what, the Joe Rogan stand in, yeah, of Dave Bautista. That did well, like yeah, what an incredible timing on that part. Um, uh, the mystery itself, um. I wasn't in love with until, you know, you you have to kind of zoom out and reconsider the fact that like, you know, you, you so- peel back the layers. The, the song Glass Onion by the Beatles is about how overanalyzing their songs is stupid. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So it makes sense to sort of poke fun at the idea of overanalyzing the movie while like also like he knows like he wants you to overanalyze it. I, I think there are... It- this movie might age a little interestingly because like there are things that are the movie is about right now and it's going to be interesting to see how as time goes the certain things will reframe themselves because like for example um spoilers for glass onion if you haven't seen it skip forward but the mona lisa burns at the end of this movie and a lot of people have been talking about um how kind of icky they feel about seeing that and having like a hero moment for our characters like doing that and that's something that's that johnson isn't putting in this movie just as a throwaway thing like it's a very deliberate choice and to me the fact that this movie is on netflix right that a company like netflix like acquired this knives out ip and now is being put on their platform and he had to fight to put it in theaters. When you relate that to this notion of like art being destroyed, I think that Johnson is trying to make some type of correlation about like 
what he is doing with the power that he is being given. Like, like what, what does he owe to his audience with the, the resources that a company like Netflix is providing him while at the same time being a bellwether of like the death of the theaters yeah. <laughs> and cinema when the first knives out was like a boon for theaters yeah like it yeah was it made like 200 deal. million dollars or something um, like that yeah and, and you know and it was a statement about how like so you know adult driven uh so, like dramedies like story driven movies can still mm-hmm. you know can can reign supreme um if if like the idea of the mona lisa burning makes you queasy you need to grow up yeah like, like, you're, you're a, you're I, a little baby i've some it's, of not, the it's a movie it's not the real mona what, lisa. what is wrong it's, with you well no i think that glass onion was victim to what i think a lot of netflix properties are where it's just like the dumbest discourse you can possibly imagine yeah. like it's the same thing of just like you'll hear around like certain stranger things things where it's like just fucking who cares man just like shut up and just like enjoy a movie like it's the mona lisa burns okay like is anybody like analyzing like all the other fifteen thousand elements that are yeah. going on in this story here it's like last year I, when we talked about licorice pizza and the whole discourse around that and it's like it's a movie like we know that it's what happens is it necessarily like the right thing i just also like this this movie isn't made in the realm this movie isn't made is set in reality like the box that they get in the beginning of this movie oh, like the puzzle box I, which i will say so cool this is my favorite like the production design in here just like it's so good it's so exquisitely done down to like little details of like they drop off their bags and you see like a robot dog like creature yeah. just like carrying their there's just so many things that are constantly happening in the background uh, a little bit of uh, Netflixy digital look sometimes. Yes. When when Blanc and, and and Ed Norton are up in the glass onion itself. In there and then like the fire effects. Yeah. Feel very digital. Yeah. The fire effects at the end. I, I do feel that. Shout out to Noah Segan though. Our guy Daryl. He's, he's just not work, here. He's just working through some things. I'm not here. I'm not here. Vibey. Great movie. It's I'm good. so glad it made it because I, you know, we we were riding high off of this movie and i also gave it the rewatch this week leading up to this episode and i still loved it even just watching it alone at home on netflix i was like you know a lot of this humor still works the 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 story how it reframes itself in the middle you can kind of pick up on certain things actually does there was some things in the first act that i actually did like more with like certain like character kind of choices exactly because yeah well it's yeah watching it the first you know without knowing what's going to happen you're sort of like this is this isn't you know, this doesn't feel whole. This doesn't yeah. feel quite like what I thought it was going to. And then, yeah, when it takes a turn, it needs to. Especially because so, the first one, you're fully in like Ana de Armas. Like she is the main character. Yeah. This th- one, it's like, it's Blanc for a lot of it. it. It's Blanc, but that would betray the entire genre yeah. if he was the true main character. Right. He has to not be in order for it to be a murder mystery. Yeah. So it it uh, it makes sense where it ends up. And I still like the movie. It's I'm, I'm excited for more Benoit Blanc Chronicles. Mm. Do we have any, do we think, where we think they're going to go next? Well, I I probably think like a train, right? Some kind of, some kind of train or. That's, that's full Agatha Christie at that point. We're just going to go murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. I'd like that. (laughs) A bullet train, perhaps. (laughs) Like, uh, the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it. Yeah. Some kind of snowy. Like Like the Swiss Alps. Can we get Adam Driver with a turtleneck again? Yeah. Oh, 
I'm down. All right, Gloss on um, Gucci. He, he, he um, takes a vacation to the White Lotus Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> that could be, a, that's the world's colliding right there. That's what we need is that we need a murder to happen. <laughs> like season three of White Lotus and Benoit Blanc just like shows up like this. Yeah. Marta. The White Lotus Switzerland. <laughs> um, Glass Onion. My number 10. Hunter's number 10. My number 10. I'm curious if there's going to be any overlap here. The Batman. Nope. It's on my list. Okay, baby boy. Happy uh, for you guys in your capes. Let's. So my number nine, which we're at right now, mm-hmm. is Jackass Forever. I'm so glad this made your list. This is my top 20, and I, it was a hard to keep off if I'm just it going was, purely from the soul. It was really early in the year. Um this was my favorite theater experience of the year. We saw this together, Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my first like full theater since you know 2019, and it was incredible. Uh, it all it all worked in the theater. Like it, it played excellently, and I think that's the goal of these movies is to make a big group of people. It's you know it's like watching a horror movie. It's the goal is to make a big group of people react very viscerally <laughs> at the same time vocally. This was yeah the most like oh yeah oh. I uh, <laughs> I try to watch this guys. I made it through a lot of it, like over half of it. It's a short <laughs> movie. How? What? It, there's just a lot of like dick You're like, let trauma. me fire up Babylon for the fourth time instead. It's just, it, I can't do it. I can't watch I, men assault their dicks there's so, so much. much dick. There's more <laughs> dick in this movie than there is in any other jackass. And I think it's just that once you hit like 40, it's like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. These are my balls. Like, just going to leave them out here. I still voted for it, though, for our critics group for because it was eligible for best documentary. So nice. I was like, you know what? It's worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though it's not for me, I can I can uh, I can still award it. I think. They did something really interesting with this. And we talked about this whenever it came out um, or maybe at the mid-year pod. I can't remember, but they they kind of Top Gun Maverick this a little bit where they are paying homage to like the old and like yeah, having like a like sequel. This like, yeah, they're having all of these like legendary people who we know, Johnny Knoxville, Steve-O, the whole gang, Chris Pontius out here doing like incredible bits, but they are still introducing some new cast members. But... They don't fully hand over the reins to the new cast members. They're still like, we're going to let Johnny do the crazy shit. We're going to let like some of our old Danger Aaron do. mostly. It's mostly Danger. It's always been Danger Aaron who <laughs> we're getting. Um, I, the Silence of the Lambs bit is like genuinely, I don't know, like a top five, top ten jackass uh, bit that they have ever done. It's so good. Yeah. I love it so much. It's, I mean, yeah. And this, this one obviously has the best like cinematic value of any of the movies. Mm. Um, That's one of like only a few things that holds back the first couple um, because those are incredible movies and probably like pound for pound are, are better than this one, but this one rules it. It's, it's a great, great movie. Um, They, they have production value. They have, they bring in new people. It works for the most part. Definitely. Uh, and it's yeah, it's like a Top Gun Maverick thing. Like it's it's like, hey, we're still fucking here, man. Yeah. We matter. This was my Top Gun. Um, and, all, and Top Gun was also my Top Gun. Oh, Top Gun. Okay, that's good. Yeah, but this this is a great great movie. You have to have a, you do have to have the stomach for it. Yeah. Um, I I laughed a good bit. I wasn't like arms crossed, like hmm, <sighs> like these fucking. Degenerate. There is. I was. I was laughing. There is more. It's dick, just hard to dick watch. trauma in this one than in any other jackass. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um. And and you know, like all of them, there's puke stuff. 
Um, there's poop stuff. There's all that. Uh, you gotta be down with it, and it'll it'll reward you if you are. I'll 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 try to finish it. It's it's sitting in my Paramount Plus queue. I, I probably have like what I was gonna say. What else is in left. there? It's just like Survivor. Ink Master. Yo, okay, man, right. I watched hella Ink Master Little this Ink year. Master. Man, Chip at Ink Master on the top TV. Um, what else is what else is in there? Like I don't know, Indiana Jones. Okay. Let me okay. let me out. tell you about Ink Master really quick. Just just for the listeners, quick update. Uh, I watched okay. a ton of it last year. The uh, the best judge on the show, Oliver Peck, is now disgraced. Um, because a lot of images showed up of him on multiple occasions doing blackface on Halloween. No. Um, I, how do you do it multiple times? Because <laughs> it's a permanent tattoo. Yeah, the guy, the guy likes, <laughs> the guy likes coloring skin. <laughs> <laughs> he um, so, and this is like right on the tail of the show becoming much like survivor a streaming hit during the mm, pandemic on this, netflix this show gained so much steam during the pandemic it's insane mm-hmm. um after being on like spike tv for a bunch of years which died yeah and became yeah. the paramount i Network. can't wait for mansers to get a, a reclamation <laughs> mansers but whoa mansers! i i will say ink master is a awful show it's horrible it's so bad <laughs> so i've always been really interested in it because there could be a good show there well the art is always usually pretty good and well it's it's at the very least interesting to see how they judge yeah. you know the criteria on which they judge art like that's fun that's cool the show itself especially in the early years is just like it's god it's awful. a pit of masculinity it's yeah. it's like toxic well it's it's a spec tv show yeah, exactly. it's every fucking spec it's tv the, show yeah it's like the producers it. uh casting people that are likely to start fights and then like literally being like hey like you should go you should go uh you should go chat with that guy and just like putting the camera right in their face it sucks because like tattoo artists aren't all like that um, so now the show is coming back with an overhauled panel of judges. I'm going to assume that they're better than what we had. Uh, Dave Navarro is no longer the host, but, and this is crucial. This is what I want to say. Breaking news. He will be appearing as the master of chaos. <laughs> what? I can't wait to find out what the that is. The master of chaos? I, I, think, I think it's going to be like a remote role, like where he shows up on a TV screen. And just tattoos people and, randomly <laughs> at like... No, because that's the thing. Dave Florida Navarro, Bike Week. Dave Navarro hosted and was a de facto judge for like 10 years without ever having tattooed someone in his life. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> I know. So now he's going to be the master of chaos who just comes in and is like, is like <laughs> oh my God. here's the twist. Of this week, they're gonna I, somehow make it worse. I cannot wait. Um, just stick to the tattoo I art. Know. If there's any place worse to handle this show than Spike TV, it might be Paramount. Yeah, so I'm that's very not excited. Great. So, Jackass Forever, yes, is Drew's nine. What's your nine? My number nine is actually, ironically, I have looked up uh, what it would cost to get a tattoo of this. Um, it's Marcel, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Beautiful. Speak on it. Um, Pop off. Sometimes people say that my head's too big for my body. There's no way. And I say, compared to what? That's so gruff. <laughs> I know you're. I not, can't do it. I can't do it, Jenny Slate. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's it's more like it's a no. It's bit not. No. 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 It's it's a lot more whispery than that. It's a little bit more. Like, sometimes I, I, people tell me that my um, voice sounds like this. 
I this so is this a movie beautiful, just, beautiful movie. It's it's so gorgeous, gorgeous. And this movie Adorable. was probably like the biggest shock of the year for me. Of just like I can't. I went in, you know, guy and I saw the trailer, and I was like, this looks like a cute movie. I'm just gonna go in, and we'll see it. Maybe I'll shed a, a tear or two, and you know, it's about that silly little shell from a YouTube campaign that. I don't remember this. I have no fucking memory. Oh, these of, were great vids. It's, I have no memory of these ever existing. Like, I feel like this is like a Berenstein Bears situation where he's like, ah, Marcel, everybody knew Marcel. He was a little guy hopping around. Yeah, we. I guess we totally I don't missed know. that. Apparently, it was in 2010. We were all like friends and around each Never. other and on the internet. Yeah, they just, you know, I, you know, I watched them all once and I was like, oh, that's cute and like pretty funny. And, you know, come to know years later, it's like, oh, wow, that was Jenny Slate and her then husband, De- yeah. Dean Fleischer Kampf, uh, who I that's what I was doubting about this movie because he didn't have any like real like feature directing under his belt. You know, he, I think he had something before this. Uh, he directed that little weird mini series starting starring uh, Nathan Fielder that we all watched, but no one else watched. At David, remember? Yeah, that? David, that was fun. Remember that? Um, no, but like this movie just completely took me by surprise. And there's so much that this movie is really trying to say for like this stupid little movie about a live action shell that's just like lost its yeah. family. There's like a ton of stuff about like what it's like seeing your loved ones get older and kind of like taking care of like elderly, like this feeling of like loneliness of adaptation and a big feeling of loss in not even in a death way, because uh, since making these original shorts back in 2010, uh, Jenny Slate and Dean Fleischer camp uh, got a divorce. And that's in this movie. Like Dean Fleischer camp is a character. I Jenny Slate isn't, actually in this movie but like they talk about like what it's like for him being separated from his partner in this and staying in this and that was just kind of well jenny slate is more so yeah exactly yeah no but i'm saying like not like her actual like jenny slate is not a character in this story she's voicing marcel dean dean fleischer camp is a character in the story like he is actually in the he's like he is the the, cameraman yeah essentially but he kind of takes on like this supporting role to marcel throughout the course of this movie and i just found all that stuff to be expertly done the craftsmanship is so beautiful like it It almost looks like stop motion i mean there are elements of stop motion it's a live action stop motion so it's not cg it's not like cg animation or they blend it all in well i mean it's blended in there but there's a lot like this is if you like look it up it's a live action stop motion animation mockumentary like there's so much stuff that they were able to do via stop motion that's why this movie looks unlike anything else that like i've ever seen from an animated live action blend before so marcel's like an actual he's a little guy he's just a little guy he's just moving around just trying his best. And his grandmother. Sometimes I do get choked up just thinking about Marcel, just oh his little gosh. life, just being a, a, a cute little guy, just trying his hardest, trying his little darndest out there. Um, no, it's so good. This was, man, what a year for stop motion animation. Yeah, I, Pinocchio. Yeah, Pinocchio, uh, Window in the Wild, incredible stop motion is fucking back. Uh, no, I just, I love this movie. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Shout out to uh, Leslie Stahl. Ooh. I love it. It's it's a really easy recommend, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, uh, some people might be a little bit kind of weirded out by it. Like, it's a little shell with one eye. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. But 
it's if you if you get past that, it's a really nice story. Also, you don't have to like get past it. Like the cuteness factor is a good thing that's working in this movie's favor. Like, don't be so fucking cold hearted. Also, this movie's like eighty two <laughs> minutes long. Right? Yeah, it's so it's an nice. Easy watch. It's so breezy, and we're gonna talk about some meaty motherfuckers coming up here on the list eventually. And like, this was just such yeah. a nice film to just have on. I've watched this a couple of times since it came out in theaters. It's just, it's lovely. It's, it's just an absolute lovely, just fills my heart whenever I think about that little show. Yeah. So it's also about like fame and the internet and like dealing with like, yeah, there's this whole thing about like attention, like constant attention, getting famous and thinking that's going to actually help him. And then it's just people like wanting yeah. to like do the fucking gritty outside of his house. Like it's like nobody's invasion, actually invasion of privacy. Yeah. Nobody's I love it. I love it when he Marcel. puts like like uh, jam on his little shoes, I, and he walks up the wall, up the wall <laughs> sticking so to good. the side of the wall. Oh my god! He's just befriending little bugs. When Marcel sings, oh. Oh. Marcel the shell with the sho- with the shoes on, or just with, with shoes, shoes on. on. Jerry, have you seen this? No, Andrew, check it I've out. Seen the damn YouTube videos? It, this is better. Than it's Hunter's number nine. My number nine. Uh, is the Banshees of Inisherin? Did this make your list? Gonna have to wait. Okay. Okay. Until now. Maybe uh, it's, my, it's my number eight. Oh, and we're at my number eight. Okay. Which is so the let's, Banshees of Inisherin. Let's talk about it. I don't think this made your list, Hunter. No, you're not I, a this, fan of this one. I I want you guys to pop off more about it because I liked this movie more. You than didn't I love it. it. Okay. I didn't. I have more admiration for this movie than I do that I really connected. To I it. so. One thing that we didn't kind of mention in the preamble is like kind of going back to previous years uh, of us doing this pod. A lot of times there is a huge gap in between the stuff that we thought was the best. That's the stuff that we gravitated towards as our favorites and what was being recognized in the awards as like the best of the year. I think this year is going to be very unique. We'll see what happens in future years and might be an outlier as like that gap closing dramatically and all the movies that are up for awards this year are all pretty much amazing. Obviously, you know, you got your Elvises, you're the whales. Hey, shut your fucking mouth about Elvis. Okay. Save um, that for number one. The fact that like a movie like the Banshees of Inisherin is like one of the front runners for best picture. And we'll, we'll get to an, another one uh, later on in the podcast. That's even more likely, but this movie is so unique, so different to like your usual, you know, kind of Oscar bait uh, fair. It's it's a really unique blend of dark humor and drama. The the shots are incredible. The production design, the costumes, like everything is there. Everything you look for in like an awards type movie is there. But when you, when you sit and watch it, it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like it's pandering to some fucking 75 year old Academy voter. It, it has this more unique feeling and it talks about a lot of universal themes and it does it in a way that's like really funny, really dark, really dramatic it, it kind of juggles a little bit of everything and it doesn't feel like this grand epic tale. It feels really small and personal. It's these two friends that are having a spat and they take it a little too far. And it just 
I keep thinking about it. I keep returning back to it. Colin Farrell is one of my best performances of uh, my, one of my favorite performances of the year. What he does in this role. Best eyebrows. Um, Patrick. And uh, <laughs> don't you want to be my friend no more? <laughs> Am I dull? <laughs> Am I dull? You think I'm dull? <laughs> Fucking donkey. Um, it's it's gorgeous. Shout out to Jenny. Shout out to you mm. beautiful donkey. Yeah, great cast all around. Bear Keoghan. Keoghan. Uh, who's now also getting supporting actor buzz to go along with uh, Brendan. Who is uh, Brendan. Yeah, Brendan and... Uh, and Colin as a duo are just incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, you know, it's been, it's been noted to death, yeah, but they're, they're a dynamic duo. They're, they're playing the opposite roles that they played in, in Bruges, um, it, it, which they, by the way, they also do very well in that movie with Colin Farrell being like the nihilistic depressed guy, uh, and Brendan Gleeson being a dumb idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is probably yeah. This is my favorite Martin McDonough movie. I was really, really hard against uh, Three Billboards from the jump. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Um, and this movie, I think, removes almost every issue that I had with that movie. This movie, uh, I think, we hated Three Billboards so much that I was like cheering, like I just won the lottery when uh, The Shape of Water beat it for Best yeah. Picture. That was how Which much is I just a, you know, it's a good movie. It's a beautiful but, movie, but uh, also, yeah, who am I kidding? Shout out to my I, mom who like she listened to our episode on Three Billboards and you guys hated it so much. Like the first thing she said to me, uh, it wasn't like, oh, how you doing? Like, how you been? It was like, you need to tell Drew and Hunter that they were too hard on three billboards i'm did like she watch Whoa. it did she watch it and she was like yeah no i've been in that situation where i've like gone up to you as you're leaving the house and you're like i hope you get raped i a real line that's uttered in the film three billboards a lot a lot of people of love that movie and like we were just not part of that crowd you were more into it i was you liked it at first i didn't know i never was like into it you, i was when we reviewed like it a, though you didn't dislike it I don't think I when think we reviewed was, it, it, I think you, I was not a fan from the you, you didn't say I don't like check this. the tape. We you, have to rewind it. Ernie Ernie is like, on here. Hey, I'm Hunter. I love this. You're going to hear like that. This like the production quality is going to like drastically drop as you clip in the original. Tape I was here. I was always like kind of uh, on the seven out of ten range. It just it on, just bugged on me. Billboards. I didn't hate it. Um, it. Uh, part of uh, part of why I like this movie a lot more is it gaining like the personal understanding that Martin McDonough is just a playwright uh, who gets to make movies. Yeah. Um. That I mean that that serves this movie very well because this is just a play. But it has like the sweeping shots of I Ireland. Know. Well, yeah, that's the thing is like it's a play with like the best backdrop it can oh, have. It's gorgeous. Um, so it's it's sort of an ideal scenario because like it's not like. It's not a varied location. It's the same location, but with a lot of different looks to it. Um, that's all you could ever want as a playwright. So uh, I think this is him writing to his strengths yeah. as a filmmaker and as a writer. So congrats to him. Um, you're you're off of my list. He he kind of leveled up here. I think this is more than just his best movie yet. I think this is a like really mature showing artistic showing. And I think a lot of people that have probably seen his plays are probably saying like, yeah, no shit, but we kind of hadn't seen that on the film side up until this point. I have never seen any of his plays, so I don't know, but this feels like it has this really 
like thematic weight to it and 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 it's yeah. just it's been in my head a lot and the the things that this movie is talking about like what is life all about like why do we what do we want to spend our time doing and what kind of gives us that feeling of you know balancing friendship versus work and gleason's gleason's exasperation is like unreal levels of good um also like related to that, my favorite detail in the movie, I think overall is the fact that his songs are not that good. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that, that to me is genuinely a big choice to make is yeah. like uh, this entire pursuit of his is just like, it's just, it's not going to work. No, out. it's He's just never going to be fucking It's Mozart. just a desire he has. It's not evidence based that right. this is going to work out for him in some sort of way. Well, it's if, just, if, he wants to do this. If he, if he had actual faith in his musical ability, he wouldn't cut off his fucking finger. <laughs> <laughs> so he knows uh, yeah it's <laughs> he just, just like, wants to be a dick about yeah, it it's just like he's not he's not like some genius who decided to abandon his craft years yeah. ago to drink beer like he's just like some guy who can like kind of play he just got up one day and decided he was going to choose violence yeah that makes that genuinely makes the movie better to me i think that that's a huge deal like this isn't the story of like unrealized genius yeah it's mm. it's the story of like figuring out what to do with your time <laughs> Also, just Colin Farrell again. Like yeah, he's having Colin a Farrell's, moment right now. Oh yeah, no, he's he's oh. unbelievable. This is a when huge is year not? for Colin Farrell. <laughs> um, I still I did really like this movie. Uh, it's in my top twenty of movies. Honestly, like I still really love it. Especially the first half of this movie is like fucking incredible. If anything, I was almost just like the second half just didn't work. When the darkness me. comes. Yeah, I just didn't love that. I didn't enjoy it as much. I didn't think that it was as well executed. Yeah. But well, also, I mean, the animals top, animals in peril. I, that's a tough know, That's a tough. I don't thing. like shells in peril, and I don't like animals in peril. Um, no, but I, the first half, especially of this movie, is like the funniest shit I've seen this year. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's so fucking well done. Uh, shout out to Carrie Condon, too. Yep. She rocks. Yeah. Everybody's great in the movie. The Banshees of Inisherin. It's bare bones, and I I can't blame anyone for wanting more out of a movie in general, philosophically speaking. But if you, I I really like it, if you know what you're like getting into, mm. do we think it's going to win Best Picture? No, um, I do not. Yeah, I, I think, think it's so. running third right now. What what can it win? Can can Colin win? Can Colin be? Kind of feels Austin like Austin Butler. Butler's mama. Yeah, mama. people love their mama. Mama. Um, all right, it's Drew's eight and my nine, the Banshees of Inisherin. Hunter, you're eight. My number eight, I'm almost positive we're gonna have to wait on. Uh, because you said what's in front of it for best picture, and I think that this is one of the movies. My number eight is the Fablemans. The Fablemans, yes. Yes. You're gonna have to wait oh, on the Drew watching a Spielberg movie. Watch the movie. You can give that guy a shot. Watch the movie. Huh. My number eight. Why would you spoil for the audience? I watched the whole thing, had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, I, the famous director, Sammy Fableman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fictional character, I, Sammy Fableman. Whenever I told Guy, I was just like, yeah, Sammy Fableman. She was like, his name's Fable Man. Are you kidding me? She did that not appreciate it. That is cool. I love it. Fableman rocks. It's, That's a great it's name. It's great. It's cheesy. It's awesome. It. <laughs> and it, go, go ahead. We're going to have to wait on my number eight. We're, we're just. Just a lot of overlap, which is good. Which is good. It keeps the episode shorter, uh, or so I think. Can you, uh, I mean, imagine we'll if we had to talk about thirty movies. 
<laughs> at length. Ah, uh, don't worry. We'll have some. We'll have some wild cards coming up in here. Babylon. Uh, you're gonna have to wait on that bad boy. You're this, gonna this, keep that thing in the fucking tank. Is what you're. This gonna is have what to I'm talking that. about. When it's like I, I can't like. You're gonna need to go ahead and take bad that. That it's lower. Just go ahead and say. Just go ahead and take Babylon. Put that. Just take that and clip it for two and a half hours from now. For whenever we can get to talk about Babylon. Okay. Oh, Number seven, Drew. Wowie. I'm assuming that's going to take us two and a half hours to go two spots. Um, Something in the way. The Batman. I think we could. It's it's easy to underrate how good this movie is. It came out early in the year. Um, Everyone. Its flaws are sort of unanimously agreed upon, which usually like really weigh a movie down. It's like two movies smushed together. Yeah, it's it has fat to trim. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, it rocks. It is a mood. It is a vibe. It is really well directed. Um, Bob Patty is Batty Daddy. Oh, um, yes. We get so much. There, there is too much story, but it's also good story. Yeah, the the two movies are mushed together well. Yes, like <laughs> you know, it's like you have all this uh, John Turturro mob stuff. You have all of this like messy backstory with bruce's parents you know you have the cat woman stuff the penguin stuff like there's just so much packed into this yeah, movie but i like i like it all there's all connective tissue between it does all of it. it makes sense i love i love uh bob patty getting to vibe with jeffrey wright oh yeah i dude think, i i jeffrey think that they wright, really they like weirdly have chemistry even and it's that matters a lot because the script is written so that you are just supposed to assume that they have you know they have it's had been a, a couple years yeah they've had a years-long relationship and they have chemistry so th- the actors have to have chemistry or else that like that mm. doesn't work at all jeffrey uh, wright knows exactly what movie he's in he knows he's in a comic book movie jeffrey. and it, it, this movie is funny like everyone was saying like oh this movie's too dark and moody and dour like no this it it has the energy of a comic book like obviously it looks dark and moody but it has a sense of humor to it it rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it like the a lot of the time the darkness is the joke, you know, right. what I, because Thumb it's drive. Be, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, it's like it's like it's intentionally a joke when Robert Pattinson and like the way he looks and sounds and like his posture is juxtaposed with like the real world when it's yeah. like light out. Like that's on purpose funny to look at. And it's funny when he like when he walks into the crime scene room and he's just like there, yeah. and, you know, and like it's directed so that like all latex. It, it, yeah. And it's, and it's all close on him and he's like, like towering above everyone. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> all the cops this? are looking at him. Like, yeah, you let this guy in. Ma- uh, Matt Reeves did a, a really, really great job. So I, like I said earlier, had a very hard time kind of choosing this, this lower tier of my list a little bit. Actually, I think Babylon and Banshees were always going to be on my list, but the Batman was not on my list for a while. And the other night I did like a little sample platter. Like I watched like the first 30 minutes of a couple of movies and the first 30 minutes of the Batman are perfect. The December 31st, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just that the, the kind of the mood, the grime, like, you know, uh, they fear the shadows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am the shadows. Also, you know, like that, that energy, it, 
it feels like Matt Reeves captured exactly what he had in his head. And I love the apes movies. Like we did a whole episode on this movie. I talked a lot about how much I love those movies. Yeah. You're a fucking apes head. This, I think this is his best movie. And that's why I had to put it on my list because as as much as I love his two apes movies that he did, like I'm head over heels for those movies. It feels like he took everything all the lessons from making those movies and applied them to making the kind of Batman movie that had, that was begging to be made. Like we have the Nolan stuff. I love those movies, but he never, Nolan was trying to make like realistic type stuff. Reeves was like, let's make an actual comic book movie. Let's actually like get to the, a lot of like the DNA of what works on the page and bring it to life. He's still young too. Yeah. And he's already in my mind, he's reached the tier of dudes like James Mangold Mm -hmm. already as a director. Like he is extremely confident working in genre in different genres. Um, He, he's very good at adapting source material while also having his own signature style. That's exactly how I would describe James Mangold. Um, so I'm excited for his future. I'm excited for the future of this franchise. Uh, when the movie gets disorganized, uh, and like it, it maybe feels aimless. Guess who gets to pull us out of it is Mr. Riddler himself, Mr. Dano. Yeah. Who is slay. Um, and I think your, uh, mic turned off. You gotta, there's a switch on it. There you go. Our guy. I had yeah. so many thoughts right now. And Mace, Mr. Fableman himself yeah. just coming in and wrapping himself in Mr. duct tape. Mr. Zero Riz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, the the he, entire time I was watching Fableman, so I'm like, God, no Riz. <laughs> like he's so swagless. He makes he makes Seth Rogen seem fucking hot. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Fableman. Man, we're gonna talk about I I love what Paul Dano is doing in in everything, in, the in everything, so he's everything. the best. Well, um, Dano is the street. I, I fucked up here. I saw this movie in March, and I haven't rewatched it since then. I just like looked at my list, and it's in like the mid twenties, and that's that's just too low. It's criminal. It's just a thing of I'm like put you in Arkham. If criminal. I would have, I just haven't <laughs> had a chance to rewatch it. I know that this would at least be in my top like fifteen ish or so because I fucking love this movie yeah. whenever it came out. I, uh, it's bloated, but like. It's it's fun. Yeah, it's, a, it's a hero it's movie. It's a mood. It's a vibe. It rocks. Yeah. It, it, it he's packing in like Zoe everything. Kravitz is hot. Oh, dude. Her oh. her and Robert Patty. Oh, oh my god. Oh, yeah. The leather. Oof. Leather god, on the leather. emo. The eyeliner. There's a moment at the beginning of this movie when like it's. I think it's the first scene where Andy Serkis first walks in, where like that song, the Nirvana song, is blasting, and it goes from non diegetic. To diegetic when he turns the volume down on his fu- he's just up all night filming shit on his fucking contact lenses and then watching it back blasting Nirvana in his fucking back cave and with his eyeliner still streaming down his face I'm yeah, just like cool this is the greatest fucking thing this I've right. ever so, seen in my life <laughs> two two things if we lived in like a pure world that would have been in this movie a he's on perks or something. <laughs> yeah like 1 million percent uh and then b him and uh zoe kravitz are scissoring they're <laughs> they're touching pussies <laughs> i mean she is a pussy she's a cat mm-hmm. shout out to once again colin fucking farrell as the fucking penguin he's mm-hmm. so good I, another Man. another 
favorite moment from this movie is when uh, Batman first walks into the Penguin's uh, club and the music's just blasting and he starts fighting all the fucking dudes and you can barely hear the sound of the punches because the yeah. music is oh, so loud. A, yeah, it's a great moment. Fucking cinema, dude. Fucking cinema. God, this movie rocks. Oh, it's all like right. the social network, but instead of Justin Timberlake's voice, it's punches yeah. that you can't hear. It's the Batman. The Batman. We did a whole episode on it. Check out our... It, it was actually one of our best uh, performing episodes of the year. So oh, shout out. Look at that. The Batman. Uh, Drew 7, my 10. Hunter. Number... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hunter. Number, so my number 7. So there, 8 through like 15 was very interchangeable for me. There's been a tear jump now. Okay. As we're reaching 7. 7 through the next few are very interchangeable for me. This feels low. feel like I'm going to have to wait on it. But my number seven is Tar. You're going to have to wait for it. I'm going to have Tar wait on it. Wait, is this on your list? Yes. Okay. Fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. It's also my number seven, but I guess we're going to have to wait on it. Yes, you are. Okay. Cool. Tar, 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 Tar. Lydia Tar exists. Lydia Tar matters. We are. We are waiting. I do have a Zoom window open waiting for her to jump on at any moment lydia we don't know if she is actually available are we, are or not we live right now are we live lydia come on hop on hop on the pod explain explain what's going on uh we're at my number six we might have to wait it is in fact top gun maverick you're gonna have to wait on that one you're gonna have to wait on you are gonna <laughs> have to wait on that one. There we you go. Are gonna had, to have, had to find the melody. To You're wait. gonna <laughs> have to wait on that one. Okay, Hunter number six. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, so my number six, I'm almost positive we will not have to wait on this. Um, this is low-key the best Colin Farrell performance of the year. This is After Yang. Pop off. Didn't um, watch, did not watch. So this movie just completely snuck up on me. This is a movie that came out in, I think, March of this last year. Mm -hmm. Very small released A24 film kind of just came and went in the, the theater cycle. Yeah, it felt and, like for a minute it was like, oh, is this going to get the bars? And then it just kind of. Yeah, didn't. just kind of didn't. I mean, it's a quiet by one. seeing it. It's very, very quiet. Um, So it makes sense that like the masses didn't run out to the theater to see this thing. Um. But this is the most emotionally affected I've been by a movie this year. This is a movie that like made me just like completely fucking devastated me. I rewatched it today just to make sure that it belonged this high on my list. And I just watched it at like 9 a.m. this morning. Like, why am I doing this to myself in the morning? And now I just have oh to live gosh. like this for the rest of the day. Um, this is the movie. If I were to compare it to anything else, the closest comparison is her. Uh, yeah. with That's everything that it's going for for very soft sci-fi kind of juggling these ideas of like what it means to exist what it means to be alive the what it means to love the aesthetic. the aesthetic it looks like her from every promotional photo i've seen no this collars, is my favorite no collars allowed it's all collarless shirts mm. this is like my favorite production design since her in a sci-fi movie of just like this is probably like the most well realized of what it will actually look like a hundred years from now. It's not going to look like fucking total recall. It's going to look like softer side effects where if we do have like technos coming into our lives, it's going to be to serve some kind of like purpose of teaching language or some shit like that, not to take over the world. Um, 
No, I think it's and gonna look like like a paper mache MF popping out of people's stomachs. <laughs> probably. Yeah, that's probably it. Um no, I just think that this is so beautiful. Everything that Colin Farrell is doing, this is I mean, Colin Farrell is the king of the uh the the murmurs, the just the quiet, quiet. Well, he's really into tea. He's a tea and isn't he like a professional yeah. tea he, drinker? Well, he, he owns no no no, he owns a tea shop. And he there's one of like my favorite scenes of the year is him describing like what it is to love tea and like what made him pursue tea and it's not even like anything that like this super movie speech or anything like that he's just like you know just like i watched this documentary at whenever i was younger and somebody talked about you take tea you take a sip of tea and you just transport it to another world it's it's undefinable and like also just talking about the themes of this movie and like what it is to be alive what comes after death, I mean, after Yang, the the story just for people who don't know, it's a broken um, robot. This is a robot like uh, a robot is brought into this family to be an older sibling to uh, Colin Farrell and Jodie Turner Smith's daughter, who's a Chinese uh, Chinese girl, Mika, um, to act as a surrogate older sibling to teach her about her heritage and to help raise her and be that kind of older Chinese sibling to kind of help her feel more acclimated to society and to uh, the family. Um, within the first five, 10 minutes of the movie, uh, Yang breaks down after the best title sequence of the year. The dance. Just, the dance sequence is so fucking so good. good. It's so cool. I love it so much. Um, and throughout the course of the movie, Colin is uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell's character Jake is kind of going around and trying to uh, see what they can do to fix Yang, to see what they can do, and they kind of are able to uncover his memories, and that's what kind of leads to more of these existential ideas that are coming out of this. Um, there's an idea of like, can a robot learn to love and like what even is love what comes after death not just for robots but what comes after death uh, for all of us and i've, is I've there... seen bicentennial man it, yeah there you <laughs> oh, go no well no but Don't something you dare right now <sighs> get the fuck out of here something that's like this movie is more willing to kind of confront the idea of like Maybe it's okay if there's nothing after this. Yeah. Like you can't have something without nothing. Well, it's, is it's one also of, like, about the, memories, like holding yeah. on to like the memories of our life instead of just like what's beyond. It's yeah. just like what 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 we've done. What what can we hold on to that is in the past that we can like remember? And maybe I mean that is how you live forever. Is you touch other people's lives, and then those people's lives who you touch, they touch other people's lives, and it kind of just has this spider web effect of we're all kind of living in the same way as each other. Um, gotta give a shout out to Haley Lou Richardson, the white Al Lotus. Also a robot, right? A clone. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Um, but again, this movie like doesn't explain any of the sci-fi stuff. It's just kind of putting you in the world. Very little things are actually over explained, which I fucking love. I don't need to know about like how they're in cars and they don't actually have to drive them. Like I don't fucking care about any of that. Um, it's absolutely beautiful gorgeous film uh by Koganata. this is like one of my guys now after seeing this i'm just like yes i want to see everything this man puts out pachenko sitting there on my queue on apple tv plus to fire up because of this guy um what else is in there uh, i need to see uh columbus haven't seen columbus no, um, in the in the Apple TV. Oh, in the Apple plus. TV Plus. Uh, <laughs> Severance season two. 
the, oh, the awaiting the, early, the trailers. No, no, no. no I'm just okay. I like pre-waitlisted it. Okay. Pre- Did you make your own queue? <laughs> yeah, I made my own queue. Definitely um, not for all mankind. You deleted that one. No, I actually I I contacted uh I contacted Tim, Apple. Tim and I, Apple. I got them to take it off the server, Good. so it's gone now. Um, this movie's beautiful. I always just want to like highlight one smaller underseen movie on my list, and like everybody should go see After Yang. It's so beautiful. It's available to rent. I think on. Well, I think it's available to rent. It's, it's also on, on. It's on Showtime. Showtime is it on Paramount Plus or did I make that up? So I'm glad you asked. Um, as oh. a paying Paramount Plus subscriber, I'm contra contractually obligated to mention that showtime has now been folded into the paramount plus service cool so now um if you subscribe (laughs) to paramount plus you can just add on uh showtime for like two extra dollars or three extra dollars or something oh fuck i'm just gonna do that then thank you thanks for the ad read Mm -hmm. yeah jeff (laughs) jeff will be waiting for those checks ropes yeah um yeah no that's after yeah yeah eight a24 has like a special deal with Showtime. Oh, really? All their new, yeah, all their new shit goes to there, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, nice. That's the deal, yeah. I, so you saw this movie like when it came out, didn't you? Yeah, I I don't know. I I'm, I feel what you are talking about. Like, I don't disagree with it at all. It just kind of put me to sleep a little bit. It's just, yeah, I don't somebody know. Not needs for me. Your, you need your fucking sandworms yeah, in your sci-fi dude. to actually stay awake. <laughs> I need my bomb. Yeah. Oh, also the score is one of my top three favorite scores of the year. Shout out to my king, my lord and savior, Ryuichi Sakamoto, the best classic modern classical composer that we have who did the main theme for this. Beautiful. Fucking love it. After Yang. After Yang. All right. My number six, boys. We're going to have to journey to Pandora. For Avatar... The way of water. Let's right, go, good. baby. I have to pee, so this is perfect. <laughs> well, luckily, Ernest has three and a half hours of thoughts on <laughs> yeah, Avatar The Way of Water. So can Big we break Jim? down frame by frame of Avatar The Way of Water? Big Jim is back. Pandora is back in our lives. Mm-hmm. We got to meet our new friends, the Water Tribe, the Matkaina. Oh, there we go. Okay. Nailed that fucking pronunciation. Look at that. The Tulkun. Tulkun. The Pandora Space Whales and our best friend, Payakan, who will return in Avatar 3. Payakan will Let's return. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I, I just, I can't deny the power of this film. Mm. It, it is a massive gargantuan achievement. It is going to change so much about how movies are made, just like the first one did. Um, you know, I, I've been listening to a lot of, um, podcasts about the last of us this week because it premiered the the show premiered on, um, on HBO max. And a lot of conversation has been around how easy it Well, maybe not easy, but how kind of a, a, um, you know, close, uh, approximation the show makes to the video game because of the technology that was used in making the video game, which was Mm. this performance capture that is now commonplace in pretty much every big video game, everything from like God of war to, you know, horizon, all of these like big, big triple a games. They use this technology that uh, was used by the original avatar movie of this performance capture in um, these volume settings. 
and to think about what this new movie is going to do if now like this this is a commonplace practice that is now done by so many people in the industry that came from this first movie 13 years ago i can't even imagine what the technology of the way of water is going to pioneer because this is this you go and see this movie in the in the theater whether you do dolby or imax or just regular 3d or or whatever they have to offer there is no denying that this looks like the most incredible visual effects you've ever seen in your life mm-hmm. uh, aside from what you think about the story or anything like that it is an insanely immersive experience it feels so real it it's feels undeniable. like you're there it's, yeah it's it's completely it's the visual spectacle is completely undeniable and the the I think the thing that puts it kind of in this close to, to my my top half of my list is that the movie it it doesn't feel the need to like cram all this plot. It, it's so lean. Like yeah, it's a really long movie, but so much of it is just like we're just going to live in this world. We're not really going to spend a lot of time like trying to hit all these fucking plot beats. Mm. We're just going to slow down and immerse you in this world and make you feel like you're there. And man, it's so fucking effective. Like, Oh my God, I cared so much about these fucking whales, man. Like I saw this movie again (laughs) and this whole sequence of them hunting the whales and, and all of the aftermath that comes from that and all of the action beats that follow that it feels all so, so earned. Like, oh my God, it's just this big bombastic explosion of action filmmaking that only James Cameron could do. It's, it's, it's fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. It's so good, man. It's, it's incredible. I, I really need to see this a second time. Cause I haven't seen this since we saw it in theaters together in Dolby 3d. And I mean, I think that the runtime has been daunting for me to oh, go yeah. back and see it it's again. It's a big boy. It is three and a half hours with trailers. It's just, I have to be ready for four hours of my life to just be devoted to big gym and to the, the theaters. But I mean, what you said is a hundred percent right for as broad and as almost like insultingly broad as some of like the dialogue can be at certain points of just like straight corny. Um, the visual aspects of this are just absolutely deniable. Like there's nothing that can be kind of mocked whenever it comes to just like everything that you're seeing underwater. I said it at the time, whenever we first saw it and we did a pod about it, it like almost just like made me, it brought me to tears just seeing like how beautiful it was. Like I had never seen anything reach that level of visual effects before Yeah, that this is, it was just absolutely undeniable. It's the promise of, this project yeah. like fulfilled like oh my god james cameron is making another avatar movie and he's taking taking 13 years yeah. to make it like how good Turns could out it possibly every director be? should make 13 should take 13 years to make their next movie yeah it's it's just the, the track record i mean todd field is around there right? yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly jane campion yeah. <laughs> uh, i can't wait for richard uh, linklater in, in the before trilogy exactly Ma- richard linklater making another one right now that's 13 years yeah. long so it's it's just a, it's a one of a kind thing. It's the kind of thing that only James Cameron could do, and we're lucky to have it. Yeah. I, I feel blessed. It's it's an incredible movie. It's Avatar: The Way of Water, and that completes the first half of our list. 
numbers 10 through 6. Wow. Mm-hmm. We're uh, we're at about a hour and a half. Look at us. Should hey. we should we call part 1? <laughs> Yeah, let's. <laughs> yeah. Please. If we don't, you know we're going to go for like three hours on this okay. part. So that wraps up part one of our best movies. Uh, favorite top of 2022. Tune in for part two, numbers five through one. Thanks for listening. Tune in. We love you. See you later. Bye.